Big 10 is going to grow and the Pac-12 is going to fall apart and the Big 12 could just very well get massive. Just a realignment. Or is there something more sinister at play? Or is there something more problematic at play for the actual gameplay? Because, of course, these universities, these colleges joining these conferences are about the money and they're about football. What exactly is happening to college sports and is this destruction of the Pac-12 just the start of something that maybe we don't want Tony Katz Tony Katz today good to be with you JMV joins us right now he is the voice of sports in Indiana 93.5 the fan and first let's start with what's happening here you've got Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten You've got Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah going with Colorado for the Big 12, leaving Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State as the Pac-12, correct? Yeah, the little Pac-4 is what we're talking about right there. Little Pac-4. Right, right. It's like it's like when you got, you know, a six-pack in your in your abs, yeah. but you're missing two. It's like yeah. uh like a, like a four pack right there. What caused this breakup of the Pac-12? All money, all money. The money that the Big Ten bringing to the table on this too with the Big Ten Network. Tony, you know the Big Ten Network has uh, certainly been uh, throughout cable provider country out west for a while, and now people out west with USC and UCLA uh, will have uh, an interest in wanting to actually watch it. I think it's been there for a while with cable providers with you know, television providers, satellite-wise and such. And now, out west, you're going to have a reason out there to put money in, advertising money as well. And obviously, eyeballs out west are going to be on it. And um, what you're doing and what you've seen now in the the Pac-12 with the latest Oregon and Washington is you want to make sure if you're in a dissolving conference like that that you have a seat at somebody's table. Um, and in this case, the Big Ten's pretty big seat, so Oregon and Washington jumped on that. You mentioned those previous Pac-12 schools that jumped to the Big 12, and then we'll see what's of the remaining four. What do you got? Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. And There's been conversation about the Mountain West, but it's weird because when you look at Cal and Stanford out West, and I'm not suggesting this factors in at all because we are talking about academics, Tony, and not sports and money right here. But the academics of Cal and Stanford is much different, obviously, than that, for example, of Boise State. So that's that's a little bit awkward, and we'll see what happens. Is there going to be an effect on the ACC? I mean, we've heard kind of conversations about Florida State in the past. We'll see if this ultimately has a profound effect on what Notre Dame decides to do. But you want to make sure you have a seat at the big money future conference table and, and that's what they did in Oregon and Washington and this is where it doesn't make any sense how is it possible that the Pac-12 that has some solid schools yeah. and some solid programs some solid rivalries how was that not big money I know that they had the television contract coming up why what was going on with that contract that's where the money comes from that made teams say gotta get out now while the getting's good well evidently the pac 12 conference 
network, much like the Big Ten network, uh, the Pac-12 didn't really take off. And I, I'll tell you what, Tony, I'll do you one further there. Think about the markets on the West Coast and the eyeballs in those markets. And we can make an argument. You know, in Southern California, they're probably doing like a garden variety of anything else other than watching sports, whether it's football, basketball, or whatever. But, I mean, think about the market eyeballs that you get in Southern California and L.A. and San Francisco and on up the Pacific Coast. That, that, that's amazing that you could not come up with something as the Pac-12 did not. But, you know, you see these schools saw that the Pac-12 was fading away, and certainly last week when you saw, or I should say a couple of weeks ago, when you saw Colorado end up bailing for the Big 12, you knew something else was on the horizon. And certainly that next big step was Oregon and Washington, which, you know, gives you Oregon and, you know, Phil Knight of Nike. You get Nike money back type of school there in Washington. Has the entirety of the Pacific Northwest, I mean, really in the Seattle area right there. So the Big Ten will love it. Washington and Oregon will love it. And the Pac-12 is going to dissolve to, I guess, probably around nothing here relatively soon. Talking to JMV, he is the voice of sports in Indiana, 93.5-1075, the fan in Indianapolis. Uh, look, the the adding of these schools for the Big Ten, and where we we are a Big Ten, whether it's IU, whether whether it's it's Purdue, um, it's good for us. It creates great opportunity. It's bad for travel. It's certainly yeah. bad for for some of these teams, you know. But when people get the opportunity. When people get the opportunity to uh, see Ohio State uh, play in some of these major, major contests now uh, with with these West Coast teams, man, it's, it is. It's going to bring huge money uh, to it. Couldn't the Pac-12 have said, hey, how do we attract some of these schools from the other places? Like, for example, a, a, a Notre Dame. I mean, I'm not saying that that's in their interest. I'm using them as an example. Yeah, I think I think the Pac. I mean, ultimately, the Pac-12 could try to bring in and 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 try maybe to to cobble something together. For example, with the four remaining team schools that they have and somebody else. But I think it's more logical to see those four schools end up going someplace else, and us just see the the Pac-12 go away. But you're right; it, it's amazing when you think about it too. And you know, all these things we used to think about, right? The, the whole travel schedule of teams. Oh, that's way too far to go. You don't even think about that any longer. I mentioned a little bit earlier the academics of it. I don't know how much the ap- academics play a role here again, more than the money and more than the sports themselves. But that's, that's going to be the world. And I'll take you further down the road here, Tony. One of these days we're going to see two super conferences, and it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC. You're going to have two super conferences with what used to be the so-called Power Fives, and then others as well. But they're going to have two super conferences. So talk to me about how that affects sports. How does that affect – I mean, sports betting is a huge part of this. How does that affect the competition and, therefore, the future of athletics? If we're going to utilize football as the example here, college supplies the NFL. So how does this all play out? No, Tony, you bring up a great point here, and, and let's just we'll keep it in the now or with what we know is going to happen in the Big Ten. You know, you can make the arguments to the negative, as we had talked about a little bit earlier, some of the things, you know, travel-wise, blah, blah, blah. But what it will do, if you want to look on the bright side of all this, it will give you week in and week out multi-reasons to tune in 
to big games. I mean, it will do that. It's just you you, you got to fall into that now. It will give you multi-reasons to tune into big games, which thus may bring a, a, a more level of, of competition and, you know, uh, I, I guess by design, stuff that you want to watch other than skipping over if it's, you know, a bottom feeder and in one of those good teams in a major conference like that. So I think the competition is going to be much larger. This is just like anything else we have gone through with all of this conference transformation in the past. It is going to take a major getting used to right here. But, you know, we've got some experience here in the past five to ten years of getting used to this. You take a look at going back to the Pac-12 and, and who's left, right, the, the, these four and, and where they yeah. can go and what they can do. You talk about the idea of having these super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. Why won't the Big 12, with who they're picking up, why won't they also be a super conference? Yeah, I just I, I can't see them soaking up others like we're going to see the Big Ten and the SEC one of these days. I mean, it, it truly is. You get the Big Ten and the SEC, and then honestly, you got everybody else. You know, Big Twelve, ACC. You know, after that, you kind of got everybody else. You know, further down the Big East, and in terms of basketball with the Big East. That's just what ultimately is going to happen. In my opinion, I mean, maybe it's not. and Maybe it happened so far down the road that we don't even recognize it by the time it gets here. But I think one of these days, that's what you're going to be staring at because you got to think about it in terms of this, Tony. you got to continue to manufacture ways to make more money because that's where this goes every single time. You know, what you do is expedite the process of making more money. And I just think logically down the road, that's what you're going to have. And by the time that gets here, Tony, we'll have a different view and a different way that we're watching TV. I'm probably paying for a lot of these games in which we're watching at that point in time. So these are all, I think, ways and measures in which things will be different even further down the road. Not tomorrow, not next week, but certainly at some point. I think that happens with two super conferences. And just the way that we watch sports all together will drastically change. I'm talking about football, right? I've been focused on football in this conversation. Sure. But as you bring up, I mean, you brought up something very interesting. Uh, the Big East in, in basketball is seen differently than the Big East in, in, in football. Is this idea of what you, you see in the Big Ten and the SEC, does, does basketball play in the same way that these will be the, the conferences and everything else will just be there? You know, it's funny about this, Tony. I, sometimes, this again is my opinion, I don't think that the powers that be give a crap about basketball. I think they care about the money-making ability that football brings to the table and that what more they can squeeze out of this particular berry in terms of financials from football. Now, it's great. and We all love it. We certainly love the Final Four, and we love the uh, we love the uh, NCAA tournament and all of that. And who knows? I mean, once you get further down the line, they make some significant changes in the NCAA tournament because of all this, too. But, I mean, football is such the big deal. That's the moneymaker, and that is A, number one on their list to make sure you squeeze as much money out of that as you possibly can, and that's what they really care about, more so than anything else. Uh, before I, I, I let you go, because I know mm-hmm. that paying attention to U.S. women's soccer is very <laughs> much part of what it is that that you do. I have a tremendous number of people out there who will say that, oh, what a heartbreak for the U.S. women's national team. Losing by a millimeter in that penalty kick uh, from Sweden. My gosh, Megan Rapinoe missed her kick. And, and oh, just oh, heartache. 
Uh, was this a heartache game or is this a, hey, this is a bad team. Why can't we just say they were a bad team? Well, no, no, no. They Offensively, they were a bad team. Uh, I think clock time was a 248 minutes of clock time in which they, they had not scored. They didn't put a goal uh, in the back of the net. So offensively, this was not a good team. It's kind of weird. I know you can't look at it in the past in terms of losing because there have been you know a huge amount of success with the women uh, on this national, international level, whatever. But it's kind of like – it's, it's almost like the Colts have been to us around here. I, I kind of look at that as soccer, both the men and the women, certainly more the men in this case, is there's always a lot of talking, always a lot of chatter about what you know you are, what you can be, what you will be. And most of the time in watching this, and believe me, I can't root against Team USA. I don't care what's going on. I can never root against the Team USA. But in terms of getting to some of these big matches in soccer, it seems like more times than not, there is a high level of disappointment. And again, I know it hasn't been in the past with the women. It's been mostly in the men. But there's always all this high level of talking. This is where we are. But it's also accompanied by this massive disappointment. And really, in terms of the women, nothing nothing has been more massive uh, than, than what took place against Sweden early Sunday morning. I got to tell you, I think you're being way too nice. In what to what way? Um, this this. Uh, oh, well, I mean, I could tell you this that I could tell you that that Megan Rapino and uh, what's her name, Sophie Smith. They they get. I mean, if you want to put it in terms of real sports, we're going to tell it like it is. And those penalty kicks, they both gagged. I mean, they choked. They I absolutely mean, it, did. It, but in, the, in, a, in, a, in a dude sport, we'd be saying the same thing about that. There's no doubt. The the issue with with this team is that they weren't good. They were probably never good after they had uh, the, the, the breakups of other World Cup teams. And they never actually came together. They certainly did not play with any level of inspiration. They did not play like they cared. And in the moments where you're supposed to have engaged some self-reflection and dig deep, they just said to themselves, yeah, we're cool and everybody thinks we're cool and that's what matters. This hey, is Tony. an absolute level of fail, uh, uh, failure of nope. leadership of massive proportion and I want an overhaul of not only the coaches, of every player. Well, that, that coach is not going to be back. But, Tony, we've been down this path before in basketball. I mean, that's, that's A, how we end up getting professionals. That's how the dream team in basketball was created. And then, B, once they lost with the so-called dream team and the NBA players, that's how this has been overhauled a couple of different times. You know, it's funny how the nations are around the world around the globe in our favorite sports end up catching up with us at some point and then you have to reevaluate too nice or not it's time for reflection or reevaluation which is exactly what you're talking about with the u.s women's team right now and again we've been down that path in the past in men's basketball certainly I'm talking about shovels, wheelbarrows, and brooms. That's what <laughs> no, I'm talking about. It was, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, 248, I believe, was the, the clock time in which they didn't score. That's incredible. And I, I think basically all that in the scoring came against Vietnam. So that's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, they couldn't find any offense. And that's normally what happens in a huge embarrassment like this. You do get a huge overhaul, which is what's coming. Well, let, let's, let's see. Let's see what they do. JMV, I appreciate it, from 93.5-1075, the fan in Indianapolis, the voice of sports in Indiana. JMV, thank you. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.